Welcome to the Me, My Thoughts, and Eyes podcast, the podcast that's a collection of random thoughts from a scatterbrain. I am your host, Jenks. Listener discretion may be advised. You ever catch yourself lying to yourself? Be like, man, I'm only going to get two scoops of ice cream tonight. And then you mess around and get three and be like, dang, I ain't mean to get all this. Yes, you did. Who are you lying to? Like, stop lying. So I went to go see the Obamas today. And by Obamas, I mean their portraits at the National Portrait Museum. I've been meaning to go by there since I had to move to D.C. But just ain't got around to it. And I didn't realize where the museum was and didn't realize it was pretty much where I'd be at all the time or going by in Gallery Place. Which also might make sense why it's called Gallery Place if the National Portrait Museum is there. But I digress. So I walked up in there and I went straight to one of the uh, curator ladies. And I was just straight up like, you know I'm here. What Obama's at? And she was like, second floor, and Michelle's on the third floor. And, and don't get me wrong. There, there's some other cool exhibits and, and, and portraits in there that I, I guess I wasn't really thinking that would be in there. I, whenever I heard or hear about the museum, I, I typically only hear about the presidential portraits. So, uh, right when you walk in on the first floor, there's like a, there's a Henrietta Lacks one. Um, Somewhere in there, there's one for Fat Five, Freddie Pioneer, Hip Hop. So there's some cool stuff in there. Like, it's not just a bunch of old white men. Um, but today I was kind of on a mission and I was just walking by there and I was like, well, I'm going to stop by and see these portraits at the very least. And I'll just revisit at some point later to check out everything else. Now, Obama's. That joint is beautiful. Like I, I get some people say it's like it, it clearly looks like Obama, but it does look a bit like a character caricature, however you say that word. Uh, but it I don't know. I like I could sit there and I could stare at that thing all day. It's so vibrant and and I just love that. You know, it's just it stands out. I'm not an artist or anything, but I like that. I think it's dope. Uh Michelle's. So I like Michelle. So the critique I had with Michelle's from when I when they were first revealed was just that to me it didn't really look like her. Like Obama's, you could say it's like a a bit of a character. It's not like a a dead on like yo uh what you would think about a portrait. Like it's almost like if you were at the beach and somebody drew you, but not quite that silly. But you could still clearly tell it's obesity, right? But with Michelle's, like even knowing it was Michelle's, I was kind of like, don't really look like her that much. Like, if I if I feel like if I just saw this uh, portrait and had no context that it's Michelle Obama, it it might take me a minute to get it without somebody telling me. If I did, so I feel so. I was hoping that when I went to go see it in person, that you know. Maybe it look a little different, but to me, it's still like, it, it kind of look like Michelle. I mean, it look like Michelle, but then it kind of don't. I, and I didn't have any, I like the color scheme. Like, obviously it's not as vibrant as uh, Barack's, but I, I like the color scheme though. I, I think some people also complaining about, I think the, uh, like how it's kind of like grayish and her skin tone and all that. And, and that's, I, I didn't have any issues with that. I mean, I, I think I respect and once again, not an artist and not the most artistic cat, but I think I re respect and understand like why 
maybe it didn't look exactly or it was not painted exactly as her skin tone so that part is cool to me the only thing i was is just like hmm just kind of don't really look that much like her in my opinion but what do i know but after all that high of, of getting to see the obamas finally was feeling good and then kind of came down when i realized dang all this is gonna get ruined because they're gonna have to paint one of this dude trump and i wonder what it's gonna look like but i don't want to see it i'm like can we just skip him can we do that nah man i'm cool so kavanaugh got voted in and i mean are we really surprised of course it's bad and it's terrible and all the implications but I, i'm not surprised this whole time i knew he was gonna get the votes it i just knew it i, I don't really have that much faith in uh congress and and their laurels and their morals and all that good stuff because time and time again they show they don't really have any so clearly how we have this current administration so i'm not surprised at all it's just ridiculous because I, I think about it at Brown Liquor Report uh, mentioned this too on, on their recent episode. Just if I had all this hoopla around me as I'm trying to apply for a job, just applying for a job. Like there's no way I would have got that job. No way somebody is about to vote me in with all of this allegations and just a whole lot of turmoil around me like if i'm that controversial like i'm not getting a job at probably enterprise let alone uh supreme uh court justice and i know it sucks because so many people fought so hard to you know try to get the votes to go the other way and and really just highlight why this is not the kind of person that we should have as a Supreme Court justice, and in the end, it didn't work, uh, unfortunately. But you know, you never, never stop. Always keep fighting because, I mean, when you kind of stop and let stuff happen, this is how we get to the point where you got to fight extra hard to try to make any difference. And not to sound insensitive to uh, Me Too movements, uh, just women in general, and the salt and the terrible things they have to go through. Cause not at all. Cause I stand with you and I understand, but I just, one of the reasons why I figured like he was still going to get divorced because there are so many other things before, um, Dr. Ford came forward that should have been enough to not get him the votes and get him the nomination, but he, it was already going through. So when 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 the assault allegations came forward and once again, I, you know, I, I understand why people don't speak up in the timeline. So I'm not trying to, like, put any blame on anyone at all. Not being, you know, but considering that the allegations were so I mean, honestly, I don't even know if the allegations were pretty recent, if how well that would have worked. But considering that it was like from high school and stuff like that. I was like, oh, they're definitely not. It's definitely about not. It's definitely not about to make any difference. So, unfortunately, it should. It should, but it didn't. And 
because the key word is we're in the white supremacist patriarchal capitalist society so therefore white men over everything especially white men with money over everything so that means white men over white women just like we've seen with brock turner where we know he raped a woman like we know that that's the whole thing like we know he raped this woman but he still got off essentially technically he got sentenced he got sentenced what like six months and only served three months because he's too good of basically he's too good of a person he's too has too much potential and he's suffered enough like like never mind you all the suffering that he has put this woman that he's raped through and is still going through but that that's just how our society operates and be, because of things like that that's why i just had a feeling that you know, this this wasn't going to hold enough weight, unfortunately. It's just that this is why I'm so pessimistic when it comes to uh, issues like this and and having people and po well, political people actually stand up and and do the right thing because they don't. They don't. And I'm putting like certain judges and stuff in there, too, as far as like political like they really don't. And now we have this guy in here for eternity. Um, and Susan Collins. Now, I never watched um, like a, a hearing or a Senate hearing or anything like that or the votes. And so I was in a restaurant getting some sushi and they had it on while she was giving her speech. And this is how I knew she was voting for in the first place. Now, I couldn't hear what she was saying, but all I know is. I say, like, bro, she out here talking for a long time. It don't take all this to say yes or no, right? And I don't know if that was her public yes or no or whatever that was or if that was just an explanation. But I'm like, you talking for a whole long time. Like, that just means you are trying to cover your butt, explain yourself, make you, you know you're making a bad decision and you're doing the wrong thing, but you're trying to justify it. That's That's all that is. It don't take that long. To make the right decision it takes that long to try to explain why you're making the wrong decision and try to sway people to to see your point of view because you know you're wrong and i was listening earlier today and she was just trying to because you know roe v wade um and the concerns of it getting overturned is i think was one of a one of the the larger topics and centered around why he shouldn't be elected or appointed and she said that he said that it would be he affirmed that it wouldn't or something like that but what she used was he said that it should only be it would be rare that it would be overturned and for her that was good enough knowing that i, I can't remember all the specifics but i think there was something where he said he would but She's like, well, he said it would be rare. What rare doesn't mean that it wouldn't happen. That means he's telling you it's rare. It's, it would be rare. That's just saying. It's just him saying I would do it. I'm probably going to do it, but I'm gonna just make you feel better by saying like, if I do it, it's only going to be under the extreme circumstances, whatever that means. But I don't want to play into this whole thing that she got played or she's the victim because so often we try to 
um, in these situations. We try to victimize white women like they're not complicit and they don't know what she's doing. Like there was, there's this whole uh, drawing around, going around where it's like, I think it's a Susan Collins and it's Trump putting the sucker uh, tag on her back. And it's like, nah, she know what she's doing. Like everybody try to act like, oh, Melania Trump needs to be saved because she she's clearly uh, just trapped by this tyrant Trump or whatever. She know what she's doing. She didn't know who she was marrying. She didn't know who she's still married to. She, she could leave if she wants. Like she she's just being quiet and going about stuff a different way than he does. Like don't don't try to like let's not do that. Let's not act like they're not complicit. And, and doing this stuff too. And the biggest thing is that Kavanaugh just does not believe in um, or does not believe that a president should be indicted or a sitting president should be indicted, which of course is perfect considering that is likely that current president could be. At least he's uh, in the active investigation or under investigation. So, of course, that's perfect for him to have somebody in here that's not going to let any harm come down to him. Because you know how it is when you're rich and white, then you don't deserve to pay the consequences for your actions. You know, like you know, if you if you're poor and black, then, of course, you you know, what I'm saying you should pay triple time. You should pay for other people's. Uh, you should pay the recall consequences for other people's actions. Like, you don't even have to do nothing. You can just fit the description and you deserve the burn. You know, but nah, if you rich and white, no matter what you do, it's just like, oh, he he's too good of a person to to be indicted or he's too he's too affluent to get in trouble for that. Uh anywho, that's I don't know. Now it's just kind of like, I don't know. Where do we go from here? I don't know. I guess the same place we've been going, which is down. Nah, nah, nah. Jokes, but we should really take an active role. I'm definitely getting, I've, I've never been that politically engaged before, but now because I'm, I can't, because I'm in the capital, I know a lot more. It's just like, I need to be. So that's what I'm working on now. Got to send in my registration today to switch to up here. And I have to get involved. Have to get involved. That's that's what we have to do. Folks really need to understand that it sort of starts from the bottom. I think how we get so, um, so apathetic about voting is because we try to start at the top. And and we had this idea that the only matter election that matters is, is the president's, and that one matters. That matters a whole lot. But what also matters is who's going to be in the house, who's going to be either passing or stopping uh, presidents from making whatever decisions they want to make. Who's who's going to appoint certain justices? Who is in your local area? Who are really making the decisions that really affect you? daily you know so i think that we have to work on 
uh, getting people to see that. Just that we need to realize that voting does matter. It it, it does mean something because I know the way the presidential elections are, are set up, you can win the popular vote or lose the popular vote, but still win the election. And that's why a lot of people feel like, well, my vote don't count. But it's at that level, it, I'm not saying it don't, it do, but with the electoral colleges and all that, that makes things a lot trickier. So we have to get people to realize that, you know, in your local levels, that matters so much more on your day-to-day basis. And then that's kind of the way you cultivate getting people to where they are now. So you, you start off by you getting in the right people at these lower levels, and that way they can make the great changes on a local level and, and work their way up the to the higher levels as well. Work their way up to the ranks. So... I don't know how we do that. I'm learning. I have to learn my, more myself too. But there's hope. There's hope for all of us. Recently, there was an uproar uh, concerning the hip hop exhibit at the Blacksonian because the guy was like, yo, why is there a white woman curating this and there can be no black people? And there's a couple levels to it. One, I think. It's a valid concern, right? It's a valid question. If you have a history, a black history and culture, museum, anything, it's a valid question to be like, well, why is a white person over this and not a black person, right? If it's supposed to be for us, by us, why can't we find any black people to do this? Valid question. On the other end, I don't think it's necessarily an issue if there's a white person over it. It kind of depends in a sense as i've begun my path in the world of academia i've I've been realizing there's a there's a pretty decent number of white people who do black studies um it's interesting and i haven't per se spoken to any like that um well i know a couple uh, professors, but I haven't like gone down and asked them about it. But it's it's interesting in that what got you here. Um, but I think is in a sense is welcome, right? Is you want we need them to understand our history and our culture and respect it, right? On one end, on the other end, though, I am a bit kind of apprehensive when it's like too. You know what I'm saying? If we're giving too much credence to white people over too much agency to white people over our history and culture. Like we should be the ones we should be able to tell those because those stories because we historically haven't been able to. And it shouldn't only be credible now that white people are into it, right? But there exists a possibility that this white woman really was just the best person for the job to be and I don't think she's the only one that was curating it I think it's like at the very least she worked with a team of other people I predominantly are all black to put together this exhibit 
which is important because that's another factor. Like if you're going to be a white person in our space, you need to understand how to give respect and and actually listen to and he uh, take heed of what we're saying. Right. And I don't know what the makeup of the rest of the museums, curators and people who are over it look like. But. It makes sense that there would be more white people in there than you think. One, because just the amount of white people who are doing different black studies is, at least to me, a, not surprising. Well, yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit, it makes you go, hmm, interesting. But also because I guess if you think about it, we don't exist as much in these spaces because of racism. Um, we, we're, we're not really i mean we're here we do these things and we're growing in these spaces but it's also like if you think about it historically we we've been kept out in in some realms i'm sure you know we still are well i know we still are so it would make sense that if you're putting together a museum that and you're looking for the best curators or the most um experienced etc cetera, etc cetera. it makes sense that you're going to have a a large pool of white people to pull over black once again because of racism so i'm not saying that's a good thing yeah it's, it's a bad thing it's because we've been we've been purposely kept out so i in, in one sense it makes logistical sense that 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 would be the case on the other end i do also feel the same way it's like well because we've been kept out because of discrimination um it it would make sense to try and get in and do the extra work to make sure you're able to pull in as many black people as you can over this and I'm sure they did. I'm sure there's more black people working. I'm going to go on the limb and say there's more black people that work for and develop the Blacksonian than white, which is, I'm saying Blacksonian, but that's the National Museum of African American Culture and History. See, it doesn't, roll, Blacksonian goes so much better, right? So, but yeah, it, you know, you should definitely take the extra steps, which honestly, a lot of times it don't even be that hard to find black people doing stuff just in, in any realm. So people are like, oh, I don't know of any black actors who could do this or any black writers. And it's like, no, we're out here. We exist. You're just not really trying to look for us. So that, that's the other end of it, too. It's like, I mean, I'm sure there probably was some black person who could do it just as well as her or better. I don't know. I'm not behind the scenes. I don't really know. But once again, because of the the reason that we've been kind of kept out of these spaces, it makes sense that there is not, in terms of like numbers, it's not a the sheer wealth of black people who can say, I mean, and you know, you don't want to half step this. This is like a major move. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is the Blacksonian. You don't want to half step it. So you want to make sure you're getting somebody who has proven what they can do and so if you're looking for the best of the best it's i mean it makes sense that maybe this particular woman 
was up there. But I think in in terms of that situation, what matters most is that she still used her position about her platform to help give rise to and experience to those black people who are doing the same thing and wanting to do the same thing to actually get them to experience so that they too can be on call for uh, a project as large and as significant as this. You know what I'm saying? The reason why it issues or not issues, but situations occur where it's like, well, we need the best of the best. And it just so happened that only white or mostly white people are the quote unquote best of the best is because black people haven't been given the opportunity. They don't get the, the chance to get experience. Right. I was in a meeting the other day where with a lot of foreign correspondents and people who do uh, international policy stuff that's over my head. But uh, one of the guys was talking about what it takes to get somebody on record, like all these different um, for foreign stories and, and all that, getting somebody on record as an expert and taking the effort to make sure he gets black people, black experts, black people in the communities, even when it's somewhere overseas and in, in Europe or whatever. He, he's like, it doesn't take that much, right, to get those people and one of the things that they mentioned that sort of I think applies and 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 uh to this situation is that when it comes to the experts uh getting them to make a statement, there's not as many black people who are getting put on record, and the thing that the reason why they don't get put on record is because oh, they look at you so something that people look at which i I haven't thought about before in terms of like journalism and all that is like when you want to get an expert on record they like to look at who else has put them on record you know how many times have they been used how many times have they been cited you know how many times have other people taken them uh their word because that adds credibility to them and he's like well if you look at it the only reason why black people don't have this same credibility is because people aren't reaching out to them. So it's, 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 it's part of like a whole systemic racism thing too. It's like, well, you're saying, well, black people aren't qualified enough because you're not giving them the opportunity to be qualified. The only thing that makes, uh, what's his name? Jamal, uh, <laughs> better than, or not better, but less credible than Timmy is because somebody decided to give Timmy his first, quote or opportunity to be quoted and then that gave him credibility and then so forth and so forth but no one gives that to jamal so therefore he is quote-unquote uncredible which you know what i'm saying is it's so it kind of applies to the same sense of why maybe that this white woman just happened to be the best person for this position or most qualified person for this position i'm gonna say it like that um qualified and experienced because she's been given more opportunities than black people. But hopefully, I would hope that she 
uh, took this opportunity to give so many other black people that chance to like work with her and, and get that experience so that they too can be called up. And that's what's important to me is it's kind of like, okay, a white woman did it. Cool. Valid question. I understand. Definitely understand. But at the same time, like what, what has come from this? Like how, you know, what, who, who does she work with? And, and, what other opportunities has she helped create? What kind of respect does she have towards hip hop? You know, th- those are things that kind of matter a little more to me. It's, it's a tricky situation because I could clearly go back and forth on, on, on different sides of, of how I feel about it. But, I mean, white people love rap too. So I went to the March for Black Women uh, week. Well, I guess about two weekends ago now at this point. And I mean, I definitely enjoyed it. I, you know, felt good being out there standing for women, black women specifically. This was really like, to my recollection, kind of like my first uh, time really being out doing some sort of like protest and, and marching and stuff. One part one that I. You know, I just hadn't been as politically active and stuff like that as I'm trying to grow and, and learn more and do more and be more active. But then also to coming from an area where wasn't really too much of this stuff like going on anyway to participate in. But anyway, so I, I, I only had a few expectations kind of going into the march. And I just made one just being I thought there would be more people out. You know, like, because I knew about the whole March for Women, and I was like, okay, that was a really big thing. And then I saw that this one was going on here in D.C. and in New York the next day. So I was like, okay, so this one should probably be, like, on those levels. It most definitely was not. And this is no, like, shade to uh, the black women and women organizing. Not at all. They put on, you know, a great event. They had a lot to say. It was a great, you know, great experience. But it was really, like, where the white women at? Like, you know what I'm saying? Where they at? You know, where was they at matching here? And then where where was the coverage? Like, so many people didn't really realize it was going on. Even I found out about it late, but I just figured that's because I wasn't that tapped in. But other people who are, like, shout out to one of my favorite podcasts, T with Q and J. They were like, and they're in New York, and they were like, yo, we, we didn't know it was going on. And they are tapped into that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like, where's the publicity around these kind of events? And... So I looked at the news that morning before I headed out because I was taking a bus and I just wanted to see. I was like, okay, well, this is a march going on, a pretty big march around the Capitol and everything. Like, there's probably going to be some bus changes and all that. Maybe they'll put it on the news. So I'm watching the news and they're going through the events that are going on that day, the major events to look out for. And they only mentioned two events. Of course, neither one was the March for Black Women. One event was happening literally in the same location as the march. And it was, uh, I think it was the Hispanic Heritage uh, Festival or something like that. So that literally was happening in the same space. And, but the, which, and no shade of that, that's a beautiful event. I stopped by and got some food on my way down home when I was done. But, the other event that they talked about 
was a freaking pet christening. They had a pet pope and white folks was lining up to to christen their pets. So I guess when we asked where the white woman at, that's where they were. They were out there getting their dogs and cats blessed. Ridiculous. Thank you for listening to the Me, My Thoughts, and Nas podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Please follow my blog at me, my thoughts and eyes. That's I spelled E-Y-E-S dot WordPress dot com. Follow me on Twitter at thoughts and eyes. Once again, E-Y-E-S and spelled out. Feel free to let me know of any feedback or criticisms that you may have. Once again, thank you and be blessed.